0: Hello, and welcome to the June 2017 edition of Organising to Win, the trade union podcast from Unison Northwest. This month's general election in the UK returned the largest increase in vote share for the Labour Party since 1945, with a 9.6% swing to Labour compared to the election result in 2015. The popularity of Labour's radical manifesto was heralded as one of the significant factors that led to this result, and that manifesto was itself the result of engagement with wide sections of the public and labour movement more generally. In the area of industrial relations and employment rights, though, one of the key influences was a document called A Manifesto for Labour Law, published by the Institute of Employment Rights and edited by Professor Keith Ewing. Uh, John hendy QC and Carolyn Jones, the Institute's Director. The manifesto recommends a raft of progressive changes to both individual and collective rights at work, and I spoke to the IER's Sarah Glenister to find out what it was all about and why reforming labour law is such an important step to tackling the challenges of today's neoliberal economy.
1: Uh, The Manifesto for Labour Law is a series of proposals that we've put together for the reform of labour law. Um, It's something that's come about really over the course of the last 25 years that the think tank has been together. Um, Basically, we're a network of uh, lawyers and academics that are continuously looking into how can we best reform labour law to protect workers. And of course, that changes as times change as the gig economy has come about. We've got more and more problems coming up. But this is the latest in In a series of policy uh, sets that we've put together that we've just been enhancing and improving over the years. Um, It was published last year and uh, the Labour Party last year announced that they were going to use it as a blueprint for their own employment law policies. That was uh, Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell that said that at uh, the Labour Party conference last year. So we're now working on legislation and we're drafting it into actual law. So why is it so important that Labour law is updated? In 2017? Well, um, what's happened is that it's partly that Labour law was changed uh, in the 1980s and since then in ways that have made work more insecure. So successive governments have uh, made it their priority to have a flexible workplace. But what that means is making it easier for employers to hire and fire and that has led us to increasingly insecure work we've now got huge inequality um much much bigger than it used to be we've got much less trade union membership so part of it is um going back on those uh, down those paths uh that have actually made things worse. We need to increase trade union membership again. We need to kind of fix some of the things that have gone wrong. But on top of that, of course, the world of work has changed uh, with uh, globalism and so on. And with supply chains now being more diverse, you're not necessarily working for but the the site that you're on is not necessarily your employer's site you might be an agency worker for example so things have become more fragmented and this is the manifesto for labor law um is one big overarching way for us to ensure that everybody remains protected even though the ways that are working are changing
0: so you mentioned there the correlation between declining trade union membership and uh, rising inequality um so some might say well that's a an issue that trade unions need to address if their membership's declining. Is, is that the case? And what what role does legislation have to play in um, increasing trade union membership
1: and, indeed, the decline of trade union membership since the 70s? Well, the, trade union, the decline of trade union membership has come about, yes, in late 70s, as you say. But if you actually look at a graph of trade union membership and put in the little points of where trade union laws come in, then you can see that every time a law that comes in that supports trade unions, you get more membership. Every time there's an anti-trade union law, you get this sudden sharp drop in membership. What's happening is every time that you weaken trade unions, the uh, incentive for workers to be joining them gets weaker. Every time that you make it harder for a union to go out and take industrial action and actually protect their workers and Essentially, when they are weakened, they're not being able to do as much for their members as they used to be able to do. Um, But as well as that, we do have, you know, that people are not necessarily staying in the same job. There's more fragmentation and so on. So we need to make recognition laws a little bit easier as well so that it isn't the case that when you leave one company, you might not be able to be unionized in your next job. So it's, it's about changing union laws and recognition laws um according to a more fragmented workplace as well to modernize it so you've mentioned that the labour party have adopted this this program or
0: that they're going to base their program on this uh, manifesto can you take us through some of the key points that are in it in terms of individual rights and collective rights what is what's the manifesto calling for
1: Uh, what is it calling for so um our overarching aim is to move the focus of labor law away from statutory minimum rights, which is things like minimum wage, the sort of things that are put into law, over towards collective bargaining and the collective agreements. So in a lot of countries in Europe, um, most workers, their rights are actually coming from a collective agreement, not from the law. So in Germany, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, these are really strong economies. Over 80% of the workforce, their rights come from a collective agreement. Um, And in our country, it's exactly the opposite way around. Over 80% of people, their rights come from the law and trade unions have got nothing, uh, aren't able to cover them to protect them more than the law provides. So what's happening is that employers are now using minimum wages and minimum conditions as a floor that they aim for, and we're not seeing an improvement at all. They just keep on trying to get down to the bottom. Um. So what we think is that uh, we need to encourage... Uh, trade union membership and also encourage uh, collective bargaining at both a sectoral level and an enterprise level. So there are things like if you uh, take on a public contract you must have a sectoral collective bar- um, a bargaining agreement in place. These are incentives to get people into doing sexual collective bargaining. So you want to reframe the law so that we keep on putting incentives in there for employers and trade unions to be negotiating with each other at both a sexual level and an enterprise level. Um, But apart from that, I mean, in lower down ways, we also want to increase statutory rights so that anybody who does fall outside of a collective agreement is still protected. We also want to make sure that everybody in the economy uh, is uh, eligible for exactly the same set of rights. Instead of some people having fewer rights than others, we think absolutely everybody should be the same. And there's um, a role in
0: the manifesto as well for, for labour inspectors, independent labour inspectors, and a, a national economic
1: forum. Can you can you tell us a bit about that? What, what 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 does that entail? So, uh, well, the problem at the moment is that it's firstly that a lot of people when their rights. Um, when they don't get their rights it's very difficult for them to stand up to employers so it might be that they're on a zero hours contract and that if they were to stand up to their employers they might find they're not getting any more hours Um, and that's part of acting collectively, making sure you're in trade union as well Uh, but as well as that, even if you've got rights uh, it'll cost you £1250 to go to a tribunal to enforce those rights and you don't even know if you're going to win if you've just lost your job and you're taking your employer to court over unfair dismissal, that's a huge barrier to you, to doing that. So we want to take away the onus on the worker to be enforcing workers' rights the law should be enforced by an independent party, it shouldn't be enforced by workers themselves. So we think that we need a labour inspector comes into workforce uh, workplaces, can have a look around and make sure employers are actually following the law and make sure that they're actually adhering to whatever collective agreement that they're part of, instead of asking workers to be constantly policing their own jobs. And on top of that, we think we'll still need tribunals. Uh, But they should be free. We should be able to go to court for free. We shouldn't be paying as you could in the past. Sorry. As you could in the past. Absolutely.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for for this month, but um, if you'd like to find out more about the Institute for Employment Rights and their Manifesto for Labour Law, and indeed the Labour Party Manifesto, then if you head over to our website at www.unisonnw.org forward slash podcast, there's a raft of links uh, to other resources there associated with this programme, as well as links to uh, previous programmes of this podcast as well. Uh,
1: But for now, that's all we've got time for, but thanks very much for listening.